I start a brief introduction about WeLead and ISVM. WeLead is an initiative of the Swami Vivekananda Youth Movement. And WeLead's mission is to develop human and social capital for nation building. And it hopes to do so by enhancing the potential of individuals and institutions across the development sector. WeLead engages across uh, four different sectors, the government, NGOs, corporates, and the community, especially the, uh, it's a special focus on youth. At this particular uh, initiative, the Guru Mantan uh, initiative that runs for about a year, is a platform for teachers to share, discuss, debate, and also learn about diverse perspectives and practices in education across the world. It, it's happening online particularly, and is particularly important given the uh, present uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis that we're go going through. And uh, over the last uh, little over uh, four or five weeks, we've had We've had uh, a discussion on journey from teacher to guru by Dr. Gururaj Karjagi. Then we've had Dr. M.K. Sridhar. We've had uh, Mr. T.S. Krishnamurthy joining us, Mr. Anurag Bair, and also uh, Dr. Akanksha Bhapna last week. And we continue on this journey of Guru Mantan as we uh, we will be we're privileged then to have Dr. Kasturi Rangan today. And we'll also have a series of other lectures also already planned for September and subsequently after that as well. As always, uh, this format, the format of the talk would be that the guest speaker would uh, speak for roughly about 20 to 25 minutes. That will be followed by a moderated Q&A. And here, a few questions have already been selected. And some of the uh, participants would be called out to ask the specific questions. Uh, I might also add, uh, uh, as an information for all participants, that there is a possibility that this particular session might spill over by about 10 to 15 minutes. and may not end exactly at 11, like we do. And uh, as we have on this platform today, teachers and participants from across India and at least representing 11 different states. I will now request uh, Dr. Balu, founder and president SVYM and Gram to introduce today's speaker. Thank you, Ramesh. Uh, and uh, I take it's a great privilege and honor to be uh, speaking and welcoming uh, distinguished and accomplished personality like uh, Dr. Kasturvirangar. Uh, beyond, beyond my seeing him as a mentor and guide, I think uh, what the real impact that Dr. Rangan will leave on this country is 30, 40, 50 years later, when India's milestones are discussed, when India's developmental milestones are discussed, I'm very certain that people uh, will uh, quote 2020 as a shifting point in India's journey towards becoming a nation uh, which can be truly developed and be a model to the rest of the world. This is not only because of all the attainments of Dr. Rangan, not that those attainments are any lesser, but I think the culmination of his life, uh, the way I see it for me is uh, my respect for him is a thousandfold uh, greater after the NEP document that he and his team have brought out for several reasons. I believe that if you were to just look at his life and his journey, I think that is the journey of the NEP itself. And many of us around the country, uh, a lot of young people would love to emulate what he has attained and achieved. And I think if we can walk through the NEP the way he's described it, right, from the foundational stage to the higher education level, the uh, wholesome roundedness of every individual, the desire to be complete in terms of arts, history, civilizational knowledge, music, all the humanities that makes us wholesome and complete. I think uh, it's, a, it's an extraordinary privilege for us at the Vivekananda Youth Movement that we could host such an exemplary person today 
being Teachers' Day, and so wishing all the teachers on this show a very happy Teachers' Day. I think your contributions will attain real meaning and significance if you can internalize the NEP and start asking yourself, how do I start living this document? It's a, it's a, it's a live document. It is not going to be a, a document like other policies cast in stone and kept away somewhere. So uh, Dr. Rangan has been the longest serving chairman of ISRO. Many, all of us know that and such great attainments during his time, whether it was the PSLV or the GSLV. He has... Uh, uh, the, the, you were chairman of the Karnataka Knowledge Commission, where the Karnataka's uh, education policy came out in 2016. And I would definitely would have, many of us were dreaming that those policies would have been integrated and implemented in the state government, but now we have a bigger opportunity. Dr. Rangan is also one of the few people, not only being a scientist, not only being a thinker, an intellectual, an educationist, he was also a very valuable presence in the Rajya Sabha for six years between 2003 and 2009. He was a member of a planning commission, erstwhile planning commission. He was also the chancellor of JNU. Sometimes during those difficult times when I had some off-the-record off conversations with him, trying to understand. He's also been the director at uh, very, uh, the, I would say, in a very special institution, the National Institute of Advanced Studies. And the government of India has rightfully uh, recognized his contribution, beginning from the Padma Shri to the Padma Bhushan to the Padma Bhushan. More importantly to me, Dr. Rangan is possibly uh, one of the most simplest, most humble, and uh, most accessible human beings I ever met. And people like him happen once in a lifetime. And I feel privileged that I've had the opportunity to have known him, to have served alongside him, and uh, just just listening to him, it's a great privilege. And for me, the icing on the cake was when Dr. Rangan personally, despite at that point of time, he had a small uh, minor ill health, and despite that, he kept up his promise and wrote the foreword to my earlier book, Voices from the Grassroots. So I, I would treasure that association with him for all these reasons and much more. So thank you so much, Dr. Kasturi Rangan, for being with us here today. Like I said, your very presence gives this event uh, a, a special significance today on Teachers Day. Thank you, sir, and welcome again. Thank you, Balu for those very nice, kind remarks. I think that comes only from your mind. Even from my mind, I can't have that kind of opinion about myself. Yes. I to say this, uh, but I should say that when you invited me and when you told me that it's going to be a teacher's day, I thought it's a very, very, it is a day which I should not miss because ultimately all of us owe in some way or other to our teachers for what we are today. These teachers could be in school, they could be in colleges, in our profession, in our friendship. Even there are several people in my friendship circle who also became my teacher because they guided me on several critical issues, explained to me what is the background for this. So this teacher concept is something which is all-encompassing all as it looks at the present juncture. Uh, but certainly when you go back to school and you think about school and school as a teacher, there is something very special because that is the time we were young, our mind is getting molded and in the process, they are the ones who really influenced us maximally. And as has been subsequently shown 80 years later in my life, when we said that the early childhood care and education is the period where we need to really make sure that we make maximum investment. In fact, the World Bank study, as you know, had put their value to that kind of a investment. A one rupee investment in the early childhood care and education 
can have a return of 25 rupees. That's what they have put in their study. So you can just see what it means. And that is where the teachers come into picture. So thank you, Bala, for this invitation and for this privilege of having a chance to interact with the teachers who are most the most revered members of the society. I'm also happy to have seen uh, Dr. Paveen Kumar, Ramesh Vankat, and many other important functionaries of the Swami Vivekananda Youth Movement. And of course, I pay my respect using this opportunity to all the teachers here and through these teachers to many, many across the country, the past, the present, and also the future. And also in esteemed invitees who also are present here for this function. And uh, I just uh, say that my own experience with the Swami Vivekananda Youth Movement was one in which Bala invited me six or eight months back and December, December, if I remember. And uh, in this, uh, we had this Vidyarthi Vigyan Mandan, a very interesting thing. It really sometimes opens your eyes suddenly what these youngsters capable of thinking. And I still remember vividly a presentation on the solar physics by one of the youngsters. I think he outbeats everybody. I was so much thrilled by hearing him. And I think if he were to become the teacher of the future, I don't know the country that can the country can be really very very different uh, because he becomes kind of a model for me to see what a teacher what a communication what a pedagogy what the thinking process are for these youngsters and how clearly they come out with the kind of points that he wanted to make so it is very much vividly there in my mind because it happened to be a very unique experience for me so that is the that is what Bala had organized and I was so happy. So revisiting this, even though virtually, is certainly great, and a great experience for me. And this particular the teacher's day, I'm so happy that SVIM is uh, uh, observing through a series of lectures. Very eminent people I saw has preceded me. And uh, they are all the people who have established themselves in the field of education, scholarship, and many other aspects of life which adds value and meaning to all for so long as we are on this planet. And uh, uh, the, I would like to also use this, as I said, about uh, teachers, uh, the greeting to the teachers. I can only say about greeting to the teachers with one kind of a thing. You know, we spend a lot of, if you had seen the national education policy in the 2020, you see there are a substantial devotion of the section which are related to teacher what should be the teacher of future, what should be the kind of thing that they should be doing, how do we select them, how do you mentor them, how do you help them to mentor others, and all other kinds of things, how do you try to create a cadre for them. There are so many things we discussed. So we had a very several days in a, in a month, we spent time on teachers, educate teachers, and their role. And so the chapter, we had to really ultimately give a name, uh, title for the chapter. So every one of us even discussed, because even chapter uh, title is extremely important to underscore the importance of the contents of the chapter. And ultimately, some perceptive member of this committee said that we should put, now we have made all, I mean, we will make the full document. It will be a fairly, fairly a bulky one. Uh, but I think we have to fix up a heart for this document. Let us put teacher's uh, chapter at the heart of the matter. So you can see that that is what we decided. So ultimately, the NEP 20, 
the most critical chapter because everybody starts with where are the teachers for this that is the question so that is the heart of the matter so that is the title of the teachers uh, chapter and that is very apt i thought because i think if there is a teacher there is a document there is a policy if there is no teacher of the type that we are looking for there is no question of a policy so it is as straightforward as that which underscores the importance of the teacher i myself would like to recapitulate because ultimately we are all the the product or creatures of this kind of a system i had my own teachers who some of whom i remember with the great uh, uh, feelings and emotions i had in the school in the uh, around the age uh, uh, maybe 7 or 8 years i was studying at the sri ramavarma high school in ernakulam and we had very fantastic teacher those were the teachers who were so deeply committed and they had a passion for teaching so it was for them the teaching is not opening the book and immediately going through a chapter and finishing it you know so there is so much of discussion so much of interaction and so much of personal attention to youngsters so that is the kind of a thing and there is also one acharya marsh uh, what his job was that uh, you know he, he is a very good teacher exceptionally clear in his mind they are little stern i should say the typical teachers uh, is stern he carries a cane in the hand and when there is interval the, he comes out of the class because all the children will be playing in the foreground and uh, the, when the bell rings for both them to go back to the school classes some of them default they come and go a little late his job is to make sure with the cane to go around and to make sure that the ground is cleared immediately within minutes the ground is cleared because they all look for the acharya mart to come somewhere and they say now we should get back to the place so he was the most feared in one sense and because of the way in which he dealt with the students in the class he was the most loud so if there is one in individual in the society who can be both loud and feared it is teacher they have a duality in the qualification which i remember through acharya marsh then we had of course one ramakoti nayar who taught us algebra in the seventh standard he completed it two months ahead of time and he asked all of us you i can keep on revising it but you will have this all the answers i don't think anybody has any doubt about it why don't we go and take another 25 chapters by getting into the eighth class uh, uh, curriculum and he spent lot of time teaching us the next year's curriculum and trying to make sure that we are fully prepared you know this this means essentially you know how much of dedication and feeling he has for all of us that we should next class also we should not find into any kind of a this thing and so he prepared us that is another type of teacher elizabeth mata another lady who a lady teacher she was very good in explaining the principles and so on and so forth but she is very, very down to earth she loved all of us one day i was detained with some students for indiscipline actions the class and so we could not uh, leave at 4:30 when the school bell rang after 5 o'clock only she she left us so but the next day morning she asked some of us did your parents got angry because you went late to the school did you feel bad about it she was trying to really find the reaction even at the home for what the punishment that was meted out just keep retaining them in the for another half an hour and another person whom i always remember is mr muthun swami here he was a stern master in the school he was this is in the south indian education society high school in matunga in bombay he was impeccable in his dress and the typical school teacher if you want to see you i am sure you would have read you would have seen the movie called school master a very very old picture i think shivaji ganeshan is there in that it's a fantastic movie a very touching movie and but the teacher has a very special way look and that is what muthu somya here had 
the most important here we have a shoe where if you look at the shoe you can comb your hair that is the reflection that is the way he polished and kept his shoe so well so meticulous and with so much of crease if you have a shirt which is a little crumpled he will call you what happened to you today go and make sure that your shirt is uh, the same that is the detail to which and he used to stand right at the entry of the school so every student goes through his case and so we have to say good morning to him but he would have checked the whole thing today only a thermal scanner will be there or some other thing will be there in his case whole bodies can take place within the time when he says namaste to you so that is the kind of a person that muthusamy here was very good in mathematics if little mathematics we are good in is because muthusamy here made sure that we understand the underlying principles i had teachers even the later part as i said people like professor sadish davan who founded isro with sarabhai professor ivar rao they were extraordinary in the way they think the way they try to find a solution to the problem how they look at it with multiplicity of analysis i think this is the kind of a thing in which we learned a method of looking at a problem a complex problem with its multiple dimensions and they taught us how to deal with it so if we could do work and succeed to some extent in the later part of our own role in isro i should say it is people like professor sadish davan who had that kind of a knack to delve deep into the problem he was not only a good academic he was an aeronautical scientist from caltech in usa but he was an extraordinary analytical person a person who can dive deep into delve deep into the problem look at it very carefully from all its angles and then come out with multiple solutions and he doesn't take the pride that he took the decision after doing all this he will tell you now that you have got all these options available tell me which you do you like to choose so you have the very pleasant task of telling sir this is the better one and that is the one it is quite obvious so that is the way he dealt with his juniors so all of us learned a culture a way to do things even in the later part of our life in isro and other places where these kind of people like professor he was of course the director of the institute of science he was a great teacher his students never forget him for the type of things he taught and so on and so forth and so also my other mentor who was ur rao he was a kind of a dynamic bundle of energy he told me how to work 24 by 7 if there is a definition for 24 by 7 which you have to experience it is your rao who made me understand what it means to be 24 by 7 and in 3 years 36 months we made sure that we built the india's first satellite from scratch from nothing not only in terms of resources but also our own knowledge about the satellite but in 36 months to 40 months we built the first satellite area but that is the kind of a person with whom we work we learn lot and today whatever little we are is all because of the fact that these are the kind of people who molded shaped our lives to give us the kind of direction which in the later parts we could practice successfully uh, to the maximum extent our own capability could help us to do that so i wanted to say this few because of the fact that uh, this is these are the kind of thing but i should say when you when you are told at the age of 80 to do a national education policy like the one that is there and that too for a country with this kind of a plurality diversity and many other kinds of complexities uh, you really get shattered because uh, you don't know how, what is the kind of what is going to be a common document which will be applicable to this country from kashmir to kanyakumari and from uh, maharashtra to assam really if you have to think about it it was that is the one that occurred to me in this uh, learning learning was a must and at this age if you have to open up books of the fundamentals and to understand whether it is social sciences whether it is cultural whether it is humanities whether it is mathematics or whether it is related to science or engineering 
I think one had to learn the modern things that are applicable to creating a document. So what I'm, why I'm saying this is, the learning is a continuing process. I don't think there is anything called a, a learning of the school or learning of the college or getting a degree and then going to profession. These are not the applicable rules. Why I'm telling again this is, the teachers as we understand, as I said, is most mostly school teachers. But I think all of us continue to learn. And so long as we continue to learn, we continue to depend on teachers. And we continue to depend on teacher, which essentially means all through our life. So teachers is a permanent phenomena, phenomenon in our setup. And we have to depend on them uh, for continuously updating, upgrading, and making sure that we are relevant in the society at different places. So my request to the teachers is please only don't give attention to the youngsters. Give attention to even people like us because we have to learn quite a lot in the modern context of many things which have happened at the time we never studied, we never happened. So we need to learn. Right now we do a self-learning, we do all other kinds of things, but certainly nothing like getting a little talk from the teachers. And so you are people who transcend the generations. Previous generation had teachers, the present generation, you are there. Future generation also you have to take into account. So there are three generations at least you have to take into account as teachers. I just want to now say a few things about the uh, policy before I leave the floor for your discussion. One is I would like to start this with uh, what uh, Prime Minister recently talked in his monkey bath. And uh, that was, we talked uh, specifically about teachers because it happens that he's aware that today is the teacher's day and this was only a few days or two or three days back that he gave this monkey bath speech. And he said he had following thing to say about the teachers. Our teachers will play an important role in providing the benefits of the national education policy to the students. When we look at our life success story and journey, and we always remember some teachers in rapidly changing times and difficult corona phase. You know, there's a very thoughtful way of presenting the role of teachers. We always remember some teachers. The names of the teachers whom I said, I remember them in my life. They were, some of them were 70 years back. Some of them were 60 years back. Or some of them were 30 years back. But I think they left a limp print in us. And our job was mostly to digest all of their ideas, ideals, and also their principles that were followed in life. And to make sure that we get the best by assimilating these appropriately. So what I will do at this stage is to say something about the school education, because that is where we try to bring in some of the transformative changes, which we think is important in the context of this country's uh, evolution into a knowledge society. Of course, I don't have to emphasize that school education is a lifelong learning process. And the, it lays the foundation for the lifelong learning process. And based on advances, you know, the developmental, cognitive and educational psychology. I, I want to say this because in several places in formulating the policy, many times we applied logic, we applied data analysis, analytics, and also we use science wherever applicable because we could, we, we, this is one example of the, the psychology, the neural sciences, cognitive sciences coming into picture to look at what is appropriate for a particular year in the early stage of a child's growth and what is the best that can be done with regard to teaching so that he, there is a process of learning uh, that happens appropriately. Our recommendation that the five plus three plus three plus four comes out of that kind of a consideration, our scientific understanding 
of the child's learning trajectory from birth to school, secondary school. So that is one important thing I'd like to say. What does it mean in terms of this? If you look at the age from 3 to 14, the child gradually transitions from perceptual learning. It, it, it does wonderment and things of that kind. Uh, it really does. It laughs at something. You know, you know, you sometimes don't know what it is laughing at. But there is this perceptual thing, learning. Then it gets into a conceptual learning where it is able to really think and then try to assign a meaning to that. And then onto the prescriptive learning, which essentially means you try to learn and try to understand it and finally go into an abstraction. So there are four stages in which the child's mind or the cognitive abilities develop over the period of 3 to 14. So the science tells us between the age of 3 and 8, the child's brain is developing rapidly. It's almost 83% of the brain has been developed by the age of 8. So it's an enormous speed with which the brain is developing in the early phase. And that requires stimulation because anything that grows, if you really nurture it at that particular point, you get the benefit of a multiplier effect. That is exactly what happens in the case of brain. So each child, but the other part of it is, it is not that one child is more brilliant, other is less brilliant. Each child's developmental path up to the age of eight, their trajectory is different. Develop very fast in mathematical area of the brain, but maybe a little less in the social sciences. Another one does very good in physics, but not necessarily in the biology. So these are, these are all the characteristics of the multiple lobes in the in which these kind of cognitive abilities are residing and evolving. And therefore, if your child is not so good in mathematics and if it's good in humanity, it doesn't mean the child is lost because he's never going to do mathematics. It is only that you have to correct it. So there is a period up to the age of eight in which we have to make sure that there is a way to address these kind of dissimilarities in the growth trajectory of the child. And this is done through a curriculum which we are recommended, which is play-based activity-based and inquiry-based. So it's more in that kind of a thing. And which essentially means it is going to be unstructured because every child has put a different trajectory. You cannot have a structured learning up to the age of eight. You need to have an unstructured way to teach the child, depending on each child has to be attended with respect to its own deficiencies and positive, the creditable thing. So the clear goal for this five-year block, which we call as the early childhood care and education, what we call as a foundational time, is to attain foundational literacy and numeracy. Non-recognition of this aspect of the teacher, the child's growth, is the one that has created the problem with respect to a large amount of issues of literacy and numeracy, the early child dropouts, and today is something like five crores of people, and it could become 10 crores in the next five years. We don't pay attention. So we are talking about a temporal problem if we don't attend to this. And the kind of suggestion that we have made in the ECC is extremely critical to implement with respect to this. So this is one thing. And the child at this age, just beyond age, it also has a use it or lose it capacity to learn multiple languages. The same things which I said with regard to other subjects. Language also is an area where the child's brain is responding to the language, the minimum language. And this has maximum ability to absorb new ideas, new communication mechanisms, and culture of language uh, in the first uh, three, three to eight years. So that is why language is to be also taught early in the game. And so first we have recommended the three language formula. Two should be Indian, native to Indian. The second would be the introduction learning languages has been brought down. So two important things we have said. Three language formula we continue. 
but two of them should be native to Indian. And the second one is instead of charting the learning of languages as six, go down now to three. So these are two important things we are trying to make the changes. In the next three years, that is from age nine to 11, children will transition to a more structured learning environment. That builds, as I said, early was unstructured because of the fact of the nonlinear way in which the brain was developing. The more structured learning environment builds on the previous stage. So ages from 12 to 14 will be introduced to more abstract concepts and can be brought in subjects such as science and mathematics in a bilingual mode. So they become proven in both. Finally, the last four years, that is from age 15 to 18, students can explore their interests and strength. Critically, the policy calls for exposure to vocational education at this stage. One of the things we have done is to make sure that during the school education, there is one vocational area, at least the child master. It could be carpentry, it could be electricians, it could be gardening, it could be environment, it could be work hospital related thing. But something in which the child learns in its in a fairly advanced way, not advanced, very complete way to be useful. But so there will be one of that kind, several options will exist for the vocational education. It is integrated with the high secondary education. And so that at the age of 15 years, they can also decide whether to pursue professional education by breaking the line of mainstream education, or they would like to continue with the higher education. Yes, schooling, the most important, now to summarize this 18, up to the age of 18, the educational structure and the phase that we have identified is the one where we respect the natural development phases of the brain and to make sure that they have the ability at the end of it to have the lifelong learning process. And in particular, this also helps in how well you perform in the higher education. So this is the part. The importance of a teacher for the most significant factors here, now I come to the other part of it, of course, we I don't have to say we need to have the quality, we need to have the competence, and also we need to have the character. Teachers play the most important role in nation building by creating high quality human resources. Therefore, everywhere you have this proof there. But then there are many issues that has been discussed. Of course, teachers is one area in which there has been a lot of discussion about how well they are cared for, how well they are able to perform in an ecosystem of the type that we have today, and things of that kind. It has got at least at three or four stages in which this is being studied. There's a study, the teacher education itself. How good is the teacher education? The TEI is the kind of things in which the teachers come out. Is that the way to provide the future teachers of this country? A one-year fly-by-9 certificate and things of that kind. We have taken a very severe attitude towards this. And that is one thing I'll say a little bit about it. The second is the process of recruitment itself. There has to be because you are recruiting a very critical position, a critical responsibility, and there has to be a pattern, and there is some level of arbitrariness in the question of recruitment. Then there is the deployment. How do you deploy them? Which is the ecosystem which they can rectify more, we can get the best to the society, return back. So there is a question of deployment and the ability to function within a system in which they are deployed. And ultimately, of course, that they have a future to look for, service condition. So if you put all these kind of a thing, we have gone into the details of this kind of thing and made some several recommendations. I will say a few of them for the benefit of the teachers because I am sure you would have read it. I am sure you would have discussed about it. But I think it would be good for me to say a few words about it, which is related to... Balu, how much time do I have? I'm sorry, I'm not able to hear you. Another uh, five minutes should be okay, sir. 
ஒர்க்கிங் vocational and special education programs the four year integrated course multidisciplinary this we have shifted now it's going to be a bed will be shifted to a higher education institution the reason for higher education institution is because of the fact the teachers knowledge has to be broad range and at the same time in depth you cannot be imparting this kind of a knowledge by having a teacher in education institutions and things that we are moving it really in a sense an undergraduate education like bed for teacher is now at the same level as an undergraduate education btech in say engineering in iit or a, a law, law degree in a law college so you really have raised qualitatively the level of teaching profession to the levels that with iit teach their engineers or the medical institution teach their doctors and things of the kind so there is no differentiation and underlie so that is one number so other part of it and multidisciplinarity is a key to this because teachers have to have a very broad uh, thing with respect to the knowledge content and pedagogy and strong practicum training then short pe both uh, post ped certification courses are available and also the most important thing is even as you do phd for any purpose a research we have made a very strong recommendation that a phd student will have to have an advanced response respectability and acceptance of teaching profession so a phd is required to take credit course in teaching education pedagogy so that in case they want to move to teaching you are prepared for it even if they are not they should be a good communicators and they should be a good teacher not withstanding whether they are teacher or not so they have to take a mandatory credit based courses with respect even as you go to any subject in phd the very significant thing we shows where we play the teachers position in the country and in the society with the respect recruitment and deployment we going to have a good system of teacher eligibility test national test agencies role in this particular thing and also to look at look at them uh, with respect to their interest and their real passion for teaching this will be all have to be evaluated and the other other part of it of course is to make sure that wherever possible this complexes which we have tried to define of the school will provide a better ecosystem for the teachers because there will be no longer an isolation of the teachers you have a tutor and certain students you have a school in which there is one subject uh, where the teacher teaches there is another four three subjects in which the same teacher teaches these kind of things plus the isolation that the teachers experience today we are trying to reduce it by bringing in the concept of the teachers the schools belonging to a cluster a complex or they this kind of a thing so that there is a community of teachers with whom they can interact enrich and at the same time exchange notes with respect to the various experiences that they have and things of that kind and then of course there will be an evaluation process which will be much better than what currently even though teachers are told that there will be an appraisal nobody knows what exactly the appraisal means here for the teacher 
what is expected of the teacher remains ambiguous absence of clear expectation by way of teaching learning process learning outcomes and nurturing a non discriminatory environment for children issues of identifying training program so there are many things on which this has to be dealt with so this is other part of it and of course the teachers will undergo the 50 year though the necessary institutional mechanism which exists today for this kind of what you may call as a continuous professional development we are recommended strengthening those systems and school principals and other levels of uh, higher levels where also we are trying to make sure the teachers have the possibility of moving up they will also undergo this kind of international pedagogical approach there are very innovative ideas today coming up from different parts of the world we need to be very on those kind of a thing that is other part of it and then of course teachers themselves they should have autonomy of teaching better creating pedagogy innovative teaching methods collaboration of schools in the complex that is other part of it i mentioned about and help and school about vibrant caring communities where teachers students parents and principal interact with each other and teachers are key therefore we also want to make sure that ultimately the teachers play a role on shaping many aspects of the school system administration and governance so they have that kind of a thing and there is even suggestion that we should have a robust information system about teachers delay in promotions increments and transfer there are many such cases that come up maintenance of service books deputing teachers for training and teachers appraisal and such these are key questions on which one should have an information system so how do we create that kind of a thing uh, that's a kind of thing so what i want to say in conclusion is that i would like to express my reverential and respectful appreciation to all the teachers who symbolize the nobility of the society i very much look forward with them for the implementation of nep to see all of you the great shapers of human mind and therefore the shapers of this country's destiny to be brought to the fore in the society and give the respect and gratitude that you richly deserve with my prayers for your health happiness prosperity and above all success in your noble profession thank you very much thank you very much sir thank you for that uh, very inspiring uh, lecture uh, i'd like to start off with uh, one of the uh, points that you brought up uh, at the initial stage of your lectures where you talked about uh, your own teachers and you know how they shaped uh, you and uh, uh most of the people that you fondly recalled uh, were actually disciplinarians in one sense and uh, so uh, so it is in that context that i wanted to you know pose this question uh, what we find today is that you know there is increasing uh, parental pressure that is brought to bear on teachers with respect to disciplining students uh, uh, in, in schools in classes added to this we also seem to have uh, a regulatory mechanism that uh, you know has brought in very punitive laws even for very minor infractions that you know teachers knowingly or unknowingly do so do you think uh, your thoughts on has this actually emboldened uh, students and in a sense broken that bond that uh, used to exist between uh, teachers and students what we fondly like to call the guru shishya or, or the teacher student kind of a bond and what are your thoughts on that i i think some level of uh, fear of the teacher i said that the teacher has to have this duality yes. a little bit of a fear always even many things in our life we are inhibited from doing because we think our parents will find out and they will chide us and uh, getting chided in this society itself is considered as a very bad reflection of your own image 
So there is a something about this society where uh, these kind of things are not only teacher, but even in your house, many things are done because the parents are strict. How far the parents have to be strict? How, how do they bring it in? Does it, for example, intrude into the freedom of thinking and the kind of flowering of the mind? And it becomes an inhibiting mind, inward-looking mind. That is where there is quite a lot of discussion today. You know, the number of TV programs and where the parents say you should not see it and uh, you should uh, desist and then the students, youngsters go and see, see secretly somewhere else. These, these are today part problems of society. The question that you asked is not very different from this in that particular context. But teachers have a since they've got a very influential thing in the early part of the child's mind. They have to be very careful in exercising this with respect to how do we want to make sure the ultimate objective of this kind of a punitive, if you want to call it punitive, is to make sure that the child corrects it in a path in which it becomes acceptable as a right way for the society to appreciate it. So that part of it, yeah, there are several ways one can do. You can call, you can sermonize, you can advise, and you can be nice to them. And so Sama, Dama, Veda, Danda, the four, four, four things are there. Danda comes always in the end. There are three more phases. So how well the teacher can apply this is also a part of it. It is not that the parents take complain because the student, there was the question of somebody getting injured, somebody being rudely dealt with. These are very small numbers. Mind you, we are talking of lakhs and millions. So let us not try to take that as a benchmark for making even a discussion because they are all to be very definitely. It could have even a problem with respect to the psychology of the person who meets out this kind of a thing. It may be very, very rare. But what is more important is there has to be a certain level of orientation of the teacher, the teacher training and the teacher preparation certainly has this aspect of handing the children how to do it. And there is a lot of psychology, the psychiatrist is there, and there are many other aspects of it because it is not a problem only with the child. It is the environment, the house environment, school environment, many other kinds of things. So there is has to be a certain understanding. This is now recommended in the policy with respect to pre-teacher preparation. So we think the teacher preparation has got multiple dimensions and purely trying to learn curriculum, try to convert it into a good pedagogy, and then try to provide a, that kind of a thing is much more than that. The number of dimensions today in the modern context of a child's growth has much more increased and teacher will take that load onto himself or herself in trying to make sure that uh, this is understood, applied with care, and the corrections are done. And so I think it is a dual purpose I don't, I don't think any one of us became really afraid just because Acharya Mart or somebody one day just swapped with this cane. That is that it didn't because there was the other part of his personality which we always love. So, so I don't think this has been always there. And I think we should not withdraw those kind of little, little things. We should leave it to the teacher how to handle the children. But most important is the children should not be pushed to an edge. And uh, then that kind of a thing. I think there are enough checks and balances in the system uh, to take care of that kind of thing. That's my view. And uh, the, the, the proposed uh, teacher's preparation certainly will address these aspects of it. It's, as I told you, not purely in terms of curriculum and pedagogy. It's a question of psychiatry, psychology, child's, uh, child's mental makeup, the ecosystem in which he or she lives. All these are parameters which have to be brought into the picture. And I think there has to be something holistic in time to address the child and his behavior vis-a-vis -vis the teacher's relationship is the same. 
thank you sir uh, we had asked uh, our teachers to send in the questions uh, in advance and we have uh, received 170 questions we kind of uh, club them together we'll have few of our teachers uh, ask uh, questions directly to you uh, first is uh, mr jagdish from uh, viveka school of excellence uh, jagdish you can go ahead and ask your question good morning sir my question is like this uh, if the system, I can't you... hear. I can't hear. I, I'll repeat the question. Check this, you can yeah. go ahead. Yeah, sir, his question is uh, basically uh, with respect to, you know, the shift from uh, a teacher centric process to uh, mm -hmm a materialistic or a teacher learning material centric system are we going are we moving in that direction i i don't think in fact there has there are discussions currently whether for example online learning will replace teachers whether the new technology that has now tried to become much more prevalent in the covid times whether that will become the non new normal those kind of lot of discussions are there in the society one thing that is important this is something on which we have no doubt that there is no lack of clarity. The teaching process is not one of transfer of knowledge alone or a reactive aspect of the knowledge being done. There is something much more than that. It is trying to develop a human relationship. There is a social component of it. The way in which you react to circumstances depending on the, both the individual, the teacher and the taught. And this is a kind of a social relationship which cannot be replicated by means of the current system of technologies. So it's quite clear that when we talk of a holistic way of developing a child, and that development is an all-rounded development, we are not only talking about pedagogies and curricula and academic matter, but there is something, and this is much more critical in the early phase of the child's education, because that is where you really shape the mind of the child, the thinking of the child, its outlook of the child, and to some extent it also that come, comes in the culture in which he practices in the years to come. So these are not facilitated by means of any, the current technologies. Maybe in the future a super AI will be able to do some of these kind of a things, but currently there is no substitute to teachers and their role in shaping the totality of a student. So. What they are telling is there are areas in which there are some very good lectures that are available. The best of the people have given lectures. They are available. They can deliver it. And the teacher is always there with you to, first of all, help you to understand the significance of this. So they call it the blended learning, those kind of things. So blended learning where the teacher role along with the online the educational system certainly could be something on which uh, there can be progress. But the more important thing is as you rightly said, uh, Ramesh, uh, that there is this question of Guru Shishya. That Guru Shishya Parampara is something which shall continue for quite some years because it's a human element. It is not related to something outside the human element. And human elements cannot be just erased away simply because of the fact that new technology has taken, taken turn. So I think if that has to be done, the teacher is more than just a one who imparts certain level of specific knowledge or mathematics or science. There is something we call as a, you give it as a knowledge, experience, experiential knowledge of something more total about life than 
what the simple academic part of it is the teacher doing so it is in this context the role of teacher comes into very much in the picture the, the teacher is the one who can early detect all those any any issues with regard to the child's growth or its behavior teacher is the one who can really interact with that child to make sure that many things are corrected in the early phase because this is a very influential period of the mind where the teacher can play a role and these are not today replaceable by means of technologies and that is where i strongly feel that we should have a role for technology we should certainly identify the best features the most important features of the technology i want to say or you can get the lectures if you can get the kind of materials or knowledge material which you never produce in a limited system they are some of the most researched and well nothing uh, but they form one component of the education there are other multiple components of the education which make the youngster an all-rounded uh, human being and that is what the teacher and if you don't have that all-roundedness of the totality i think the what you learn as a specialized academic area i think probably will can be even misused or may now lose its relevance so to make sure that there is a relevance for the knowledge that you gain even through whatever experts will teach you you need to have that all-roundedness and the role of teacher in this cannot be underestimated so i think that's going to be the correlation and most important is a social relationship that we cannot replace with technology at the present juncture i cannot say anything about what happens the disruptive technologies are so disruptive it disrupts your mind sometimes because you don't know where we are going uh there are two dilemmas that you know uh, one at the level of the teacher and the other at the level of the institution the school itself uh the first being uh, in the present context uh, so what, what, is a teacher somebody who should only look at look at himself or herself as as a fellow traveler who travels with the student on this uh, journey of uh, you know unfolding knowledge one or somebody who helps the students you know uh, give given the requirements of uh, clearing examinations learning uh, things and all that as somebody who only instructs and helps students achieve certain marks on the tests uh, subjects exams and other things so that is at the teacher level dilemma at the second level uh, the, the institution level the uh, issue is uh, we seem to be uh, the nep talks about uh, you know quality of teachers and all that as i see it i think the issue seems to be more to, that we don't seem to have a problem with the quantity or rather uh, that there seems to be schools have often complained of a lack in sufficient quality of uh, teachers so your thoughts on both of these uh, well first thing is i think words like fellow travelers and things like that for teacher i think is a little uh, uncomfortable to uh, that is not the way to look at teacher he, 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 he or she can never be a fellow traveler to a youngster uh, i think the important thing about the teacher's role is really the one in which the teacher is able to guide the youngster about what is right and what is wrong in anything and everything he does in the case of education he will tell i have a very good set of lectures but if you can come and try to assimilate this lecture but you discuss with me exactly where you need to put emphasis in this lecture because those kind of things are not given is a regular lecture omnibus lecture everybody reads it and as i told with a varied outlook of the youngsters in the early phases you have a spectrum of outlooks among the youngsters and one lecture being catered to that spectrum uh, will not be the way in which you can really deliver the knowledge so there is a question of making it into multi spectral depending on the youngsters 
and their outlook this part of it is the one where the teacher gives the right guidance to the youngster even if he has got the best of the lecture how to use it how to use it for guiding himself to understand the knowledge and how to make it into something which is useful to him this is but this guidance comes only from the teacher so there is the again the second part of it is the generally what is right and what is wrong in the early phase of our life comes either from parents or from teachers and they are the ones who tell you i mean there are many things constitutional value now indian ethos you you look at the paper uh, document you see several of those these are these cannot be just uh, taught in the form of uh, uh, edicts uh, they have to be written many times discussed and even practiced in some form or other in the educational system around you so that part of it is can be facilitated only in a real time environment not in a virtual environment there is the other part of it the the third part of it is i think there are many many good things about uh, the you know the, the, the where the technology is certainly going to grow it is become much more sophisticated but the question whether in in a world of knowledge the the, the children be just guided towards uh, uh, passing the exams because this is what you have said instruct the children subject as an exam and then which essentially he is really rote learning and that is something we have now completely not eliminated because there should be some level of rote learning because rote learning demands a memory a memory is extremely important faculty of the human being if the learning process doesn't allow you to memorize things that also is a very brack practice so you need certain level of memorizing the information that you want to learn and uh, but a substantial part of it has to be on experiential and many other kinds of means of assimilating knowledge and this has to be done outside the the current conventional curricular system so the extra curricular co curricular distinction between science and arts distinction between professional education and vocational education and things of that can be all done away with to make sure there is something holistic about it and when you try to bring that kind of holistic holisticity into the knowledge the teacher role again is one in which you try to grow the relationships try to make the meaning out of it and i think today those things are part of a teacher student interaction but could be based on inputs where he can use substantially the aid of projections and other kinds of technologies to make the illustrations clear the ideas clear and things of that kind but the role of teacher is well above somebody who who just guides the student towards an examination being a fellow traveler or something he is what you call as a kind of uh, what you may call yoda in the star wars <laughs> sir the next question uh, is my um, by miss uh, dina utappa she is a vice principal of police public school from uh, mysore good morning sir uh, my question is in context of cbse schools would a mother tongue or local language based mode of instruction be practical can we have a classroom language that is english and the mother tongue for discussions that are one on one okay uh, this is a good question because this is this is really exercising the mind of lot of parents we do find and also to a good extent teachers also you know the idea of a, a mother tongue home language 
local language or regional language. There are four elements now because the original policy of the 1969 and 1986 uh, had three language formula, but they talked about uh, what do you make mother tongue? Now we have four languages in which that is the option is spread. So why we did that was only because of the fact every state has in some form or other, every family comes under the category of either it could be they speak in mother tongue. Sometimes the husband and wife are different languages. So you have the home language. You have sometimes the question of a local language because that uh, because that, that the most popular language among the majority of the people. So they talk at home also and this kind of thing, or their teachers are available. And lastly, the regional language, which is the state language kind of a thing. So these are today, they are all part of a knowledge uh, trove, treasure trove. This country has got 22 languages, as you know, in the classical, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the context of the languages, the classical and not classical language, the, the state languages, which are key to India's communication system uh, at the language level. So. What we have done, the one, the second point is, I said in, the, in my early childhood development uh, brain that between the age of three and eight, the child's ability to learn languages is maximum, which essentially means those parts of the lobes, brain lobes, where the knowledge area, the language area, is stimulated, has to be done maximally to develop the ability for the child to learn new languages. So. Three languages at the age, starting from three, third, third standard, the third class, or what you may call it, the third year, is not a big deal. The, the third year is, uh, yeah, that is the first year of the foundational period, is not a big deal because the student can easily pick up two to three or even four languages. So we have kept the four, three language formula at the stage of the third year, three years, mainly because of the fact that is well within the means of a youngster to pick up. And you can go even to the fourth one. The second point is we have made sure that the language, home, either the mother tongue or the home language is given the prominence because that is the language in which the child gets exposed in the early phase of it. Anything you get exposed in the early phase has got a lot of potency in terms of strengthening the, that particular ability. So if you try to learn English a little later, it's a foreign language which has come to you at a later stage but you have the strength of your mother tongue or a home language, which is already giving you an ability to comprehend things much better than what you can do with a foreign language like English, which enters later in your life. So this is there is a scientific evidence for that. Yeah, even though there have been a good examples of uh, French uh, Nobel laureate saying that I learned my physics and I learned my science only in the French and not in English, or German saying that I learned uh, physics or mathematics or uh, biology only in uh, uh, German. Uh, these are all examples of how the mother tongue, the home language, enables you to understand the principles of even things like mathematics, physics, or science much better than learning it through a foreign language system, which enters in your life much later. This, and we are not talking about three to eight years. So we are really talking about five year period. I mean, these arguments are being given. So that is why we thought that we should get the benefit of our own richness of the language and the ability of the language to provide a much better comprehension of subjects in our own thing, which will enable youngsters to think probably a little differently than if you are not going to learn it only through English or some other language. That's why we do that. But we also know the sensitivity. If we try to say that English will not be taught, you know the kind of immediate uh, reaction that the country faced 
with respect to whether English is going to be cottered off. We have not done, done, done anything of that kind. After having understood it, that's why I use the word, if I remember, I used a word, use it or leave it, kind of a thing. The parents understand the reason for this and would like to take two languages and if they want to turn the third language into English language, there's no problem from third year onwards. You can, whenever you start schooling, you get into the English language. That is not an issue at all. And you can use the language for substantial learning of sciences and so on. You learn history and other things in the mother tongue or local language. You, know, you think that physics and mathematics has been taught only in English. Please go ahead. But it's a very wrong notion in the present context. Either maybe 20 years back, uh, it would not have been the way in which the arguments would have been given. Today, we have a much better understanding of the neural sciences, cognitive sciences. And we think learning in mother language and home language certainly has a decisive advantage in learning difficult subjects. And that is why we have now recommended strongly, please also keep, we have now right now we have said, please also keep mother tongue or local tongue in your education in sciences and uh, mathematics and uh, even engineering and things of that kind. I think it's a very sound scientific reason for this, therefore, and uh, I, we have even recommended it for higher educational institutions. And we think that is the way to go. And they are very convinced based on sheer, as I told you, our policy is not based on hearsay. It is based either on scientific basis or hardcore data, which has been subjected to a very exhaustive data analytics process. So we cannot formulate a policy. Once you formulate a policy on this basis, only these reasons can again question you. So today we are not found a questioning on that particular basis. There are many emotional issues where many other kinds of issues that come into picture. But I think they are less important for the future of our own country and of our children. And we have to, with this, we look at it purely based on the most modern understanding of language learning by children. And therefore, we think this is important for our country to take us forward uh, in trying to have a le level of an autonomy in trying to understand. It's not an autonomy, really. The level of a capability which we have, which we are not using so far, we should use. Thank you, sir. The Thank next, uh, the next question will be asked by Mr. Uh, Swami uh, from. Uh, he works with uh, government schools. He'll be asking his question in Kannada, and I'll be translating that uh, into English. Okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, sir, his question is uh, talk about uh, flexibility, which is one of the key guiding principles for the entire uh, policy. So, uh, with respect to uh, bringing in flexibility, do we have the capacities to deliver on that? And uh, the second part mm -hmm. was uh, with respect to, you know, homeschooling uh, uh, and uh, open schooling on the rise. What is going to happen to these brick and mortar institutions that we have? I, I will come to the second one first because that's easy. Uh, quickly, I can answer. One, you know, this is regarding homeschooling and uh, those kind of uh, this thing. You know, I explained in a lot of detail about the need to look at the education as also a social experience, not only an academic experience. 
the moment you convert education into a academic experience these things are okay understandable if you look at it in terms of a social experience cognitive experience and many other scientific reasons i think there is no way in which the uh, the existing systems can be transformed into a new normal where you don't come in contact with the, the student doesn't come in contact with teacher or thing is that the, is that what you implied when you asked that question yes sir yeah so, so that question i th- i think i answered it earlier in a little more detail as a social experience and i reiterate that that uh, the, until we can find somebody who can replicate the humans themselves and their emotions i think that's not going to work so the humans their emotions and the implications of their emotion in the process of the child's behavior and the child's behavior which will also influence education if you link it properly the answer becomes very clear there is no way to deal uh, with uh, an education where you don't have that kind of a direct one to one kind of a thing for example right now i don't know what you even uh, how do you receive my answer i have no idea i'm just answering you it's okay but if you are sitting in front of me i would have learned lot about your reaction to my answer so that that part of the important thing is lost in the whole thing i don't believe in this kind of a interactive way only because of the fact that lot of emotions lot of interactive dimensions are getting lost slowly we are filtering out into what we call as a more pragmatic then save we will save time we should have more kind of this thing and all that but i don't know where it is going to lead to that kind of a thing personally presently i feel we need to very slowly introduce these kind of approaches evaluation is a must evaluation should have psychology and psychiatry and those elements also it brought into picture we have now recommended a national educational technology forum which is a forum of a consultative processes it looks at real time experiences it looks at new approaches it does research and all these research are comprehensive research programs not necessarily i know education technology how does it affect a child's growth how does it affect the child's mind how does it for example changes the the way of life and what implications it has in the direction of the evolution of the child itself these are questions which are to be answered on an end to end basis not that small segment of technology curriculum pedagogy and just put it and then the whole thing is over that is not going to be the way so i think this is why the brick and mortar in, in the need not be demolished at all right? they will have a purpose maybe we can improve it we can have a little more technology into classes and those kind of a thing but i think a total doing away with brick and mortar is not something which i don't see a proper possibility nor is the role of teachers in this connection and their effect in shaping the child the other one was with respect to with respect to the flexibilities do we yeah. have the capacity you know, whenever we there this is a very transformative recommendation the transformative recommendation here means that it does change the way we try to bring in the teaching uh, you need to the flexibility here means that you need to have people with much more with the set of teachers who are much wider in the scope in terms of the thing which is not only uh, science teachers mathematics teachers engineering teachers yeah, i include all different professions uh, legal teachers or do- uh, medical teachers uh, i also include humanities i include social sciences i include many other kinds of subjects now when you talk of this and then you also create arts crafts 
and many other things you are really talking of a comprehensive education which we call as a multidisciplinary and uh, also the kind of thing liberal arts as we call it in the undergraduate education we have to move the education to uh, an education where we bring in the concept of liberal education liberal education means all encompassing it is purely not only improving the intellectual capacity but it also brings in aesthetics it tries to bring creativity it try to bring originality ability to solve a problem which will have multiple dimensions so the modern educational requirements are substantially of that type it is not with respect to one small if you want to deal with this covid and they are not trying to find a vaccine which will be said there are already doubts whether the present covid is multiplying whether it is mutating and with mutates what happens with respect to the, the vaccine that will be developed the questions are that if we have to delve deep into it there may be biology there may be life sciences and there will be mutation sciences there will be a question of response of this kind of a thing with respect to the body and then the psychology part of it because there are people who don't sleep because of this kind of a thing that produces another kind of a reaction so there is a the psychology part of it and then of course the pharmaceuticals chemicals and those kind of a thing and then the questions of the natural system taking over to we have alternate so you know the, if you look at the the number of things that you need to really get a total picture at least a certain percentage of people should be aware of this you may certainly do a very directed research in a very specific area but it should be always seen in the part of the whole thing if you look at the doctor you can certainly be a very good doctor you can do clinical tests and so on there is an aesthetic part of there is there an ethics part of it there is a human part of it there is a commercial part of it now these are all not necessarily a part of medical education we think unless you go into a multidisciplinary environment the doctor will not become a total doctor he will just only look at the patient give a medicine and be done with it there's something more than that a doctor has to play in a society these reduction of the scope of individual professionals and other types of people who provide various services to the society has happened because there is a speed with which you want to get into the profession speed with which you want to establish yourself financially also and in the process lose out the totality of it i think modern demands in the 21st century that is not allowed because they want people who are able to understand the totality and even as you work in a specialized area so these kind of things do need people there are people who are available in this country in different areas how do you institutionalize they are coming together how do you create a complex or a network of them initially and then how do you build up individual institutional universities to have that capability as a second step you can certainly bring in the best people for a particular area in a liberal arts mode for example by getting a best historian anywhere available ask him to give a series of lectures in your university uh, for a 3 3 months kind of a thing and that kind of a thing to start with but you don't you need to craft your strategy of the right type of combination of subjects to make it a very useful holistic multidisciplinary approach to education and get the best people to start the program and then build up that capability as you move forward overnight you don't have the right number of historians or language specialists or a humanities person to teach the kind of thing that you need in the higher education universities we need to create it but there are good people also available here or even invite them from outside and they will come and establish this capability build up this it may take a 10 year kind of a thing is what we have given is not overnight so but we need to build it up systematically after all to go to mangalaya isro took 30 years so we are started that we are going to go to mangalaya in the 
I think people would have just laughed at us. So there is a period in which these things will happen. Time frames are different in different areas where we have made the recommendations. But they are all doable, possible, because this country has shown wherever it has decided to do, it has done it. Wherever there are these Cassandras of doom, who always thinks that this is not the way, or this cannot be done, or how do we do this? I think that kind of a doubt, self-doubting, or what he calls a doubting Thomases from the Bible, I think that we should cast away. And we should make sure that we can do it. And what is it after all we are looking for? Good teachers. Good teachers can be produced. You can be, but provided you give them the right type of environment to work. And that, I think, we have tried to make sure it has to be changed. So first, create teachers, give them the kind of environment, and make them work with that kind of passion and sincerity. And many things will happen automatically. And teacher is still, I think, heart of the problem. And we need to keep note of it. Sir, one last uh, question before we move on to your concluding uh, remarks. Uh, this question is by Ms. Radha Vishwanathan. She is actually joining in from Sharjah. Uh, Ms. Radha. Good morning, sir. Um, first of all, thank you for keeping the teachers at the heart of the matter. It's been a great privilege to know that teachers are so respected and you've made uh, teaching very as aspirational. Coming back to my question, um, I would like to know what is the way forward for a passionate teacher, even without a B.Ed., but somebody who has the experience and is passionate about teaching? Because unfortunately, B.Ed. or D.Ed. seems to be the stumbling block where if people are looking for a career change and are interested in contributing to education, they find that they are not accepted by the system. So how do we handle this? I, I, this is a part of an implementation. I don't know because people can uh, choose different ways to deal with your thing. One thing is important. If you've got already a degree in some special subjects, which I hope you will have. Yes, sir. And then you go for a one-year B.A. course, which will fulfill the, which is, this will, your graduate, undergraduate degree will be a three-year undergraduate degree probably. True. And so one more year in terms of a BED is available, the provision exists. So okay. you can simply go through a one-year BED program, so you are a BSc BED or BA BED, and you are a qualified teacher, no problem on that. And you will have to go through the NTA and some of those entrance exams, which you will do it with no difficulty. These are all very typical for the entrance. For you, it will not be even a big issue to do it. Right. So I personally feel that is one way to do this. There are also capsule courses to update, upgrade the teachers uh, where they are if currently. If they are not teachers, then they have to go through the BAD. If they are already teachers, there are also upgrading programs and bridge programs which can also help you to do this. So there are enough flexibilities for non-educators with backgrounds in specialized areas to enter the teaching profession uh, through a one-year kind of an orientation, which will give you also a BAD in addition to one year spending. And that is good enough for becoming a teacher. There's no difficulty at all. But if you want to encourage this kind of a thing, say that's all such one-year kind of a thing, we should give them scholarship for the one year so that we offer some very good teachers in the country and they don't spend money on that. We'll try to see when the, when the policy ways where they can push that kind of a strategy. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. We'll now move to the uh, your concluding remarks. Uh, to, uh, about two to three minutes we could spend uh, listening to all of you, uh, I mean listening to you, uh, one final message for all the teachers here. I, I only want to say, Bala, that uh, I think the central 
point about the policy is certainly, I, I want to say it from the bottom of my heart, not what simply uh, the, the, the key part of the heart, the heart of the matter, but from the bottom of the heart, that these teachers are going to play a key role. Their capability and the ability coupled with commitments and sincerity is the one that is going to delay, decide how well we are going to move with the policy. There is no doubt that we have a large number of committed teachers across the length and breadth of this country who would like to see a good directed uh, program or career for them, which will ensure that they can pursue with undivided attention the responsibility of teaching to bring up the youngsters of the future and be responsible citizens of the future. I think the job, I think the, most of the responsibility rests with the, all of us or the government to make sure that their aspirations and their requirements are well addressed and they create such an environment where they can perform to the peak of their own capability and ability. And whatever we need to do for that is the one that government has to look at. I think the present government is quite serious about dealing with the teachers thing. It's going to be a very step process because there are a lot of financial implications to this. But nevertheless, I am sure that this is a direction with the government to many things can be put in place in implementing this policy. Only we have the right people. For example, the Anganwadi people, if they have to have a role in the ACC, the Early Childhood Care and Education, we have identified a six-month orientation of the Anganwadi teacher should be done. So we need to immediately create a, a kind of framework, pedagogy, a curricular framework, pedagogy, and make sure that thousands and lakhs of Anganwadi teachers are converted through the six-year, six-month program into the next level. And there is a question of institutional mechanisms and finances. These are things on which we have to do. So there is quite a lot of the bodies in our court. Our means the people who have to take care of teachers and make sure that they are able to perform. And uh, that is the most important thing. From the teacher side, I'm sure they will give wholehearted support to those kind of initiatives for the powers that be, so that we will have a good system of education. I think all is well if university is well, is what Jawaharlal Nehru said. I think all is well with this education policy if teachers are well. So we recognize this and we make sure that we move in that direction. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for that uh, inspiring remarks. I would now request uh, Dr. Balu to share his thoughts and also propose the thanks. Thank you so much, sir. After listening to you, uh, we understand the expanse of both your intellect and your heart. I think uh, the, 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 the very fact that you brought in lifelong learning, the fact that you brought in a systems thinking approach to the whole policy itself also shows that you live it every day of your life and you made a, such a complex task look so simple. Uh, I understand reading the 400 page document might seem a little enormous but still it's such a pleasure to understand what efforts went into it. I thank you sir, thank you for who you are, for what you've done for this country in every sphere of what, whatever you've touched and most importantly I thank you for giving us the NEP because that's what I think is going to create the India of the future. The Prime Minister keep talking about Atmanirbhar and building a India for the future and making India the wishful guru of the world. And I think if our teachers imbibe and internalize the entire message of NEP, I'm sure that dream is not going to be difficult. So I thank uh, all the teachers who participated today. We had more than 2,200 teachers from different states, um, around 11 of them in different 
phase of the social media technology gives us that ability to do that i thank you all for joining in i also request you to keep joining into this kind of sessions that we're going to have regularly throughout this year more importantly i thank the entire svym team uh, dr kumar the ceo praveen the deputy ceo ramesh venkat the v lead director for and pratima the quality head for putting all this together and making sure that we constantly improve and we also engage in this lifelong learning at the personal level sir it's always a privilege to interact engage and learn from you and i look forward to that continued guidance that you always been giving me thank you sir and thank you all for the such a wonderful way to celebrate the teachers day today thank you and namaste sir.